Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday. Welcome to The Edge, the information edge that is. I'm Darren Yancey. I am your host. Let's dive right into it. Um, I sent out today, and I've been waiting to do a lot of these things late because I keep going through a lot of ideas, and the Tree of Liberty comes up, and boy, I got just bombarded. Are you saying it's time for blood and bullets, blah, 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 blah? No, I'm not. But I'm going to start walking down that path of talking about responsible government and what happens when we don't. The Tree of Liberty clause comes from a letter that Thomas Jefferson sent to John Adams, I believe his stepson. And it was 1787, that's the year of the Continental Congress. And it was putting things together and some things had come out and they were specifically pointing back to the insurrection in Massachusetts, this thing called the Boston Tea Party. And I want to read from you a clause from that letter, and you'll see the quote inside of it, but I want you to get the idea of what was going through. And and it's very, very important because the applicability today is stark. And I go into the letter. Yet where does this anarchy exist? They're talking about anarchy between the crown of England and what at the time was was the colonies. Where did it ever exist except in a single instance of Massachusetts? Boston Tea Party. Okay. And can history produce an instance of a rebellion so honorably conducted? There's a lot of parallels. We just say about January 6th. They're calling it an insurrection. It wasn't. Listen to the parallels here. I say nothing of its motives. They were founded in ignorance, not wickedness. God forbid we should ever be 20 years without such a rebellion. Hmm. The people cannot be all and always well informed. The part which is wrong will be discontented in proportion to the importance of the facts they misconceive. If they remain quiet under such misconceptions, it is a lethargy, the forerunner of death to the public liberty. We have had 13 states independent 11 years. There has been one rebellion. That comes to one rebellion in a century and a half for each state. What country could before ever existed a century and a half without rebellion? Ooh, very, very powerful words here. And what country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. The remedy is not to set them right as to facts, pardon and pacify, what signify a few lives lost in a century or two. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It is our natural manure. Our convention has much been too impressed by the insurrection of Massachusetts. Folks, that was 1787. How many things can we draw from that letter to today? It's very, very important that you think about this because going back at the time, it was commonplace. If your government didn't do what was right, you took them out. You didn't allow them to sit around and continue to grind their bones. 
I got a lot of emails when I sent out this thing. I had a lot of social media, you know, direct mails, all this. You know, are, are you proposing bloody revolution? And the answer is no, I'm not. Not yet. But I want to put forth, there's an argument. You, you pay taxes as citizens. Okay, we pay taxes on a local level to help your municipalities in terms of fire and police and such. You may pay county taxes. You may pay ta- state taxes, but your bulk of your taxes is with the federal government. Okay, that was passed via a constitutional amendment for the 16th Amendment. Do you know what they got before then? They got taxes off of sales tax. And I think we need to start to consider that in a very short time frame. But today, what I want to talk about is that tree of liberty is, is the government working for us in a manner that we don't have to talk about the tree of liberty in terms of blood and all that other things. Or are we walking down a path that we have to go back and look at the conversation that Thomas Jefferson had and say, is it time? Okay, these are very, very important questions. So what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to walk through it. I'm doing this on a federal level only. I'm not doing this on a state level. Is we're going to go through and we're going to grade each of the branches of the federal government. I want to talk about whether or not as a taxpayer, as a citizen, as someone who has inalienable rights, who has someone who was born into a constitutional republic as to whether or not we're at a point where we can be passive or we need to be aggressive. There's an old saying, if you have a pot of boiling water and you throw a frog into it, he jumps out because it's hot. But if you take warm water, put the frog into it and just slowly turn it up, you'll get frog soup because the frog will boil. Because as the water boils up, the frog's not noticing the difference until it's too late. Is it a boiling pot of water that we're about to be thrown in? Or right now, is it 100 degrees and we just don't realize it? So let's start with the executive branch. The outlaw that I call Joe Biden, and that's what his name will be from now on until he is removed from office uh, legally by hook or by crook. This man is a disaster. Jimmy Carter is somewhere laughing his proverbial white wrinkly ass off because of how bad Joe Biden is. And I'm sorry, I know there's people saying, well, this is Obama's third uh, you know, he's he's pulling the puppets, possibly. But Obama has put things out in the media as as kind of warnings to the outlaw that you might not want to do these things. Comments on immigration, for example, not sustainable. So what has the executive branch, the president of the United States? What has he done? Well, I covered last in our last episode that we talked together. I talked about specific charges in terms of the articles of impeachment that have been filed against Joe Biden, uh, his violations of separation of powers, his violations of oath of office to the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That hasn't changed. Okay. As a matter of fact, he's still doing this. And there's an article that's come out. I'm not going to come on it, comment on it much, but they may have actually uncovered where all these people are coming up is a combined, we knew nonprofits were involved, but they may be coming, working with the White House. If that's the case, that's another charge. And there's a point where Congress has to do their job, but we're going to get to them in just a second. In terms of the president himself, he has absolutely been a train wreck. But let's talk about what's underneath him that falls under the power of the presidency, okay? Department of Justice, FBI. Well, we know for a fact that this DOJ 
uh, has weaponized the FBI to uh, we've talked they've had they've raided the house of uh, Project Veritas. They have recently, I think it was last night, raided the house of the young lady in Colorado in Mesa County who come out and said, hey, uh, we got some hokey pokey here with the secretary of state raided her house. We've got the attorney general himself who may have committed perjury in terms of using the FBI to spy on parents uh, via the CRT issues versus what he testified to Congress. And it's looking more and more like that. And if that is the case, he's either got to step down. I, I personally, I'm tired of this stepping down. I want charges. I want indictments. I want trials. I want jail. Okay. This is why the American people have lost faith is nothing is happening to the criminals. As far as I'm concerned, Merrick Garland is just as much a criminal as Joe Biden is right now. But it goes beyond that. Let's look at his cabinet. This is a cabinet that is in chaos. Okay. They're in absolute chaos. Had it not been for 13 Republicans, that bill coming out on infrastructure doesn't get passed. And that bill was not, there's less than 10% of it is infrastructure. The rest of it is, is codifying new definitions of infrastructure that have never been seen before. Now, I have a lot of people, what can be done? Well, you can unravel that bill when you get a new Congress in, or you can defund sections of it. It's not like that's got to be something that's going to be hung for the rest of our lives, and you could keep the actual infrastructure portion. But you look at his Department of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg in specific. This is a man who has no clue what's going on. This is a man who has now been given a large chunk of money, and he's talking about wanting to go back and potentially tear down perfectly good bridges and rebuild them because possibly maybe a hundred years ago, someone might've had a racist intent when they were building them. Even though we found research that basically says that's fake news, but we can't have racist bridges out there. Even though we've got certain things that need money, we've got a supply chain issue that I've talked about on several shows that could be fixed very, very easily right now. The supply chain is trying to fix itself by going through the Panama Canal, going up to Texas, going to Florida, but Lord knows Pothole Pete's not doing anything. The outlaw's not doing anything. That's a cabinet in chaos. His energy secretary, Jenny Granholm, is coming out and saying, well, you know, we've got some issues with the supply chain, uh, supply and demand. We're, we're going through transition, transition, okay? That's hurting Americans. And then, of course, we've got the dictator-style mandates coming out with a vaccine. Now, right now, that's currently stayed because of the Fifth Circuit Court. And although they initially had a push, go ahead and try to get the vaccines. Now we know that they're backing off. OSHA has even come out with a formal announcement that they will no longer be pursuing enforcement of the vaccine mandate. We'll see what happens. Merrick Garland has severe problems with credibility trying to do anything at this point because of what's coming out with CRT. And what's interesting, this is all happening while they're, the Black Lives Matter people are threatening the incoming mayor of New York that have, if he gets behind law and order, we're going to burn loot and, and we're just going to commit crimes. Well, why isn't the DOJ going after that person? Why do we have a situation in Kenosha, Wisconsin right now where we have a Second Amendment uh, issue and it is a Second Amendment issue? Trust, make, make no mistake. They're going after your Second Amendment rights here. Why is the DOJ there not to protect all parties involved? It's a problem. Folks, it's a problem. So in terms of the executive branch, 
the outlaw Joe Biden and his cabinets and all of the power below him, if I'm going to grade him, I'm giving him an F for just a phenomenal failure. You've not had a worse president in history, Jimmy Carter included. And I know somewhere in Georgia, he's laughing his peanut ass off. So that's one segment of our government. All right, folks, we're coming up against a hard break. We're going to take a break, pay a few bills. We come back. We're going to talk about the next, quote unquote, co-equal branch of office, Congress. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge. Uh, as a quick reminder, social media, I do have a new Twitter account. It's at InfoEdge65. Gab is DGYancey65, along with Parlor. The website is always informationedge.net, which is a resource site for you. One other thing I forgot to throw in there in the last segment uh, in talking about grading the executive branch. You know, we got to start raising hell about what's happening with these January 6th prisoners. Folks, this was not an insurrection. This was not anarchy. These were people that walked through. Yes, there was a few hundred that did stupid things. Okay. Okay. But they didn't go in there. They didn't. They weren't armed. 
There have been no weapons charges filed of any type. They didn't go in there and kill people. They didn't hold hostage. They went in there to protest. There was a few, in my opinion, plants from Antifa and BLM that went in there and tried to be stupid. Today, um, gentleman by the name, uh, Mr. Chansley, who was the moron that went inside that had the horns on. He's been sentenced to 41 months. 41 months. He's already served 10. That's ridiculous. That falls under Biden's DOJ. Folks, these people have been detained without bail. They have been classified as terrorists, even though they've done no terrorist actions. And if you doubt it, go go to Tucker Carlson's Fox Nation site. You can still get the, the 90 days free and download Patriot Purge. You need to watch it if you haven't. It's garbage. This is trying to send a political message that if you come against this, we will come after you. That's why the FBI has went after Project Veritas. That's why the FBI has raided this young lady in Colorado. That's why right now, okay, the, the Second Amendment trial on Kyle Rittenhouse, you got two jurors that are holding back on an acquittal on that because they're afraid of the intimidation of the crowd. The very crowds, the type of crowds that burned down Kenosha, Wisconsin, in 2020 that had Mr. Rittenhouse basically trying to defend his property and his family that caused it is now trying to hold up. What they're trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, is say, you can't disagree with us. And right now, the Biden DOJ is not doing a damn thing about it. And the problem is, this is what you pay your taxes for. This is why you reside here. This is one more reason why I'm giving the Biden administration in terms of his presidency as the executive an absolute as abysmal F in failure. But now let's go to Congress. Let's go to the House and let's go to the Senate. Um, This has been an interesting, interesting thing. The House Democrats are they're they're trying to crank out bills like they have a hundred vote majority and they don't. As a matter of fact, um, California Rep. Uh, Spear is the ninth House Democrat to announce they're not going to be seeking re-election in 2022 because they see the writing on the wall. And I think more are going to come. There have not been any bills of any quality that help the United States overall. There's been partisan bills come out of there. The H.R. 1 bill. The H.R. 4 bill, H.R. 127, those are all bills that are designed to benefit Democrats. And I'm sorry, this infrastructure bill, were it not for the 13 morons on the Republican side, that bill doesn't pass. And that bill wasn't a good bill. You can't pass that kind of garbage, but that's what they've done. On the Senate side, you've got a split house. The Republicans... They've done their job so far. I'd give them them. I'd give them a a C. The House side, I'd give a blithering F. I'm going to give Joe Manchin and Christian Sinema, who have been the only reasons that they have not tried to federalize or have not had a bill to send to Joe Biden to federalize elections. I'm going to give them B's. And the reason I'm not giving them an A, their stuff they vote for is kind of crazy. They were for this infrastructure bill, which, again, it's not an infrastructure bill. 90% of it is just classic pork spending. Okay. 
aside from the bills, Congress is these are co-equal branches of government. Okay, Congress has what's called congressional oversight, primarily of the executive branch. They oversee each other's checks and balances. That's what makes the country great. Now, last week I came out and gave you a list, and you can go. You can go to informationedge.net. You can go to last week's blog, Joe Biden, outlaw president. And I specifically put in there the articles that have been filed against him. I'm not going to go over them again today. We've already reviewed them, but they're pretty substantial. Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene covers his prior criminal acts when he was vice president of the Obama, and he did commit criminal acts. The others that have been filed by other represent- representatives cover current crimes. Okay. The fact is, this man should be under articles of impeachment right now, and there should be a Senate trial going on right now to remove him from office. And many of the things that he's doing in violations of his oath of office, violation of separation of powers, violation of the Constitution, you could also clause, you could make an argument, well, if he's, if he's, he's either stupid, he mentally challenged, or evil, and those can all be used as 25th Amendment argument clauses. Now, what's funny is we're hearing that they're unhappy with Kamala. And they're talking about removing her. That's not going to happen. She's elected. Unless she steps down, you cannot remove her unless she's impeached. Well, even though she's dropped the ball, Joe's ahead of her on that. But there is zip on congressional oversight right now, folks. Zippity-doo-dah. The articles of impeachment that have been filed, three separate articles, have a total of 10 House Republicans signed off on that. Ten. They've got 214, 215 votes. Now, I keep hearing, well, it's it's not going to pass on the other side, so why sign it? Well, how about if everybody sign it or maybe combine them into a resolution? Because I think they should be combined. If every member of the Republican House of Representatives signed it. I guarantee you, you have members on the other side that would defect. When you have nine people that are effectively saying, we're not going to seek reelection, those are the ones that you can get over. You've also got, go to the NRCC, um, what they feel are viable races, that it went from 43 to 63 or 73, okay? Those are candidates they feel that they can beat. Those are the ones that might cross over. So I don't want to hear this nonsense. If we do our congressional oversight and we put out these articles, well, we're not going to get it passed. You don't know until you make an effort. So on that respect, both the House Democrats and the House Republicans failed, absolutely have failed. They get a great big fat F. They've not done a good job. Giving foreign aid to nations has got to stop. It's a form of money laundering, and we're just giving out the piggy bank left and right. The nonsense that Joe Biden would float out and that his State Department would consider $450,000 for families separated at the border. You know what? We got families separated by military actions that need that. We have to get back to America first and always. And it's not being preached right now. So it's got to stop. It simply has to stop. You know something else? I'm tired of hearing about members of Congress becoming the ultra, ultra wealthy. And most of it, if you do, and we'll, we'll stick Madam Drinker herself, Nancy Pelosi out there, she has gotten flat out filthy rich over insider trading, 
and inside government contract funneling to members of her family. Do the research. It's out there. And she's not the only one, by the way. She's one that is just, she's gotten so big. It's, they're kind of having to, oh, you know, Nancy, you need to tone it down. If you or I do insider trading, we go to prison. If these folks do insider trading, well, it just kind of gets brushed under. And it's not just on the Democrat side. It's not just on the House Republican side. This is going on both sides. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. If you're looking for any of these swing states that went in Biden's favor by a frog hair in 2020 election, if you're looking for a reversal of action and you're looking for reinstatement of President Trump, stop it. It's not going to happen. Okay. This was an all out coup. And I think it's taken us 10, 11 months just to to wake up to this fact, this didn't just happen because the Democrats didn't like him. This happened because he was hated and despised by the D.C. elite on both sides of the aisle. Also trickled down to the states. Why do you think Arizona hasn't rescinded its electors? They presented enough evidence. Wisconsin has come out and said, hey, we got examples of violation law. Georgia's come out with all of these missing ballots. Folks, there's evidence out there to roll those electors back. They're not going to do it. Why? Because they wanted the man gone because he was spilling truth and light into their gravy train. I think it's been going on for decades. I think it goes back. Probably, I don't know about 41, definitely Clinton hit high gears under Bush and Obama. Folks, we've had 30 years from between Reagan and Trump. We had 30 years of darkness. We just didn't realize it. It took Trump taking all the slings and arrows to pull back the curtain and shed the light. And now that we've seen the light, now that we know what happens, we cannot go back. And every one of these communist, filthy, traitorous, Sons of bitches have got to be voted out of office. So let's talk about Congress's grade. I think you already know it. It's F. Because they have been horrible. And it's not just the Democrats. Okay, I'll say this for the Democrats. When they get a lead, a majority, whether it's one vote or 100, they govern like it's 100. The Republicans sit over and piss themselves and they can't do anything. Well, we, we, we don't want to cause problems. Well, we didn't get that many votes. Grow a spine. Get a pair of testicles. You know who's got the biggest spine right now in the House of Representatives? Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Baber. Two females. Got more gumption, more nads, harder spine than 98% of the men in Congress. Thank God they are there. We need more women like them out there right now. So that's where we're at on two of the three branches of government. So far, it's a fail. It's a big fail. We're coming up against a hard break. When we come back, what I want to do is we're going to look at the judicial branch. We're not just going to look at SCOTUS. We're going to look at some of the others because it's, as we get into it, it's a mixed bag of tricks. And we're going to have that grade. Let me sit back and go, okay, where are we at right now? 
where are we at and what can we do? All right. We're going to take that break, have a little iced tea, pay a few bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. We have been grading government. (laughs) All right, now you can't mess with me while I'm on air because I'll read that stuff. My 
smart Alec announcers making something that uh, we should have a let's go Brandon in the middle of the show. And we will say, let's go, Brandon. I'm not going to go the other route because we try to keep it clean. Um, let's talk about the ju- judicial branch. Now, I'm not just going to talk about SCOTUS, but I'm talking about predominantly the appellate court because a lot of things get settled in the appellate court. And we're going to look at some things on SCOTUS because that's our last co-equal branch of government. OK, now, Joe Biden has already told the Supreme Court not once, but twice, stick it. Uh, earlier in the year when they said there is no extension of federal um, payments on rent subsidies, which had already been ruled on by Joe Biden, I mean, excuse me, by the Supreme Court, Joe Biden said, well, we're going to go ahead and do it anyways. And it'll buy us another 30 to 45 days because they came back and said, no, we already ruled on that. Now, that, folks, is called a violation of your separation of powers. OK, the Supreme Court and Congress and the president are all equal in power. Okay. If the Supreme court comes out and says your executive order is null and void, then it stops or not just the Supreme court, the judicial branch in itself. I need to clarify that. Okay. It is a co-equal branch of government. So that's why when I kept, when these things, these mandates quote unquote come out, I kept trying to tell people, because I said, well, what do we do? What do we do? I guess we got to comply. No, it's not a law. It's an executive order. If Congress puts a bill in front of them that both houses have approved and the president signs off on it, then it's a then it's law. And it carries a different form of weight. But an executive order is not law and it can be reversed. And many times is reversed. Several of his executive orders have been stayed by the courts. OK, you don't hear about it because the media is dishonest. But the judicial branch has been the best branch of the three from last year to date. Okay. There have been some things where you, you're not sure where they're going to go. And then there's some things you're just going, I don't want them to go there. Let's start with the, what I would call the, the appellate. The appellate's been all over the place on some stuff. Um, there's been things where there's been the mass mandates that have come through where you've had some appellate courts in some of the more liberal regions where that were appointed by um, either, say, a liberal president or just that's what came in had said, you know, you can do the mass mandates. That's a mask. OK, there's a difference between putting on something versus injecting something into your body. And even then, I think the mass mandates violated your 14th Amendment rights. See, folks, here's what happened in covid we basically gave up our constitutional amendments. We gave up due process by law. Now, when the law went to the courts, in most cases, it went as we thought. For example, you, you, in New York, they had to open back up the churches. So when people were able to get to the courts, they usually found, in most cases, the relief at the appellate level. It didn't have to go to SCOTUS. Okay, that means you've got a functioning system and you've got a functioning appellate system that's doing its job. It is the appellate court, the Fifth Circuit in particular, that has come out on the vaccine mandate that Joe Biden put out in September. Roughly 60 days went by and it finally reached that court. And they put out a scathing, a scathing opinion and stay. In other words, you can't do this. 
even going so far as to saying if Congress tried to pass a law mandating vaccines, it wouldn't pass a judicial review. Very important stuff. So I think the appellate court, for the most part, has been pretty good. I really do. Because this vax mandate for right now, it just died. Now, it didn't stop the White House, even when it came out of trying to say, well, you need to let these people do the, I, I know you said it's got to stay, but my God, lives are at stake here. We just got to get this, just got to get going. If you don't get going, people are going to die. I just can't have that. Well, I think the judges kind of went, mm, no, you cannot have a one size fits all mandate in this particular area. No, it's not the greater good. People still have individual rights. So what just came out of the Fifth Circuit Court in New Orleans is a major victory for liberty, major victory for liberty. That does not mean that the DOJ is not going to try. They've already said we're going to come out and vigorously defend it and go forth. Okay. If the next stop is SCOTUS, they've already got a very good argument from the appellate court. The question would be, now let's, let's take a little focus on what has happened in the Supreme Court of the United States. And I'm going to give the Supreme Court a little bit different judging than I am the appellate court because it's been all over the place. Let's start with the contesting of the elections last November, a year ago. Now, I've talked with several people that have said that both Mr. Trump and Republican attorney generals did not file the case in the proper manner. In other words, they filed it as fraud. Okay. And proving fraud in that type of court is very, very difficult. What should have happened, as I've been told in several cases, is they should have filed them as violations of the Constitution under Article 1, Section 4, which basically gives the states the right, state legislators, the rights to do how they're going to govern their elections. Not a judge, not a secretary of state. And that's what you had happen. You had judges extending lines, which they did not have the constitutional authority. You had secretary of states extending deadlines, which they did not have the constitutional authority. It wasn't filed right. Now, in looking back, was everybody that stupid? I don't know. I didn't like the fact that the Supreme Court said, well, he doesn't have, doesn't have standing. I think he should have had standing. And you could go in and you could see there was there was mixed reviews on that. Clarence Thomas said, we should come out and give us some guidance here. So that was the first major strike against the Supreme Court. The second has been there's been opportunities that have come up where the vax, vaccine mandates have been rolled out by uh, universities and businesses, and there's been requests for religious exemptions. We know that part of this M. RNA complex that's being injected into you does include fetal tissue from aborted babies. Many people that don't like abortion, like myself, object to it on a religious basis. There was a group that came to him and said, we'd like to bring this on an emergency order. They refused to hear it. Now, does that mean that they're, it's dead in the water? No. I think with what's just happened on the Fifth, Fifth Circuit Court, if, if the president can't mandate a vaccine, neither can anybody else. 
But the fact that the Supreme Court justices would not even consider it, it's a problem. And they've done that on a couple of different things that you would have thought, hmm. Now, on the flip side, we know right now they've just heard the case involving the state of New York and their Second Amendment case on what can be limited on. The rumor mill, it's not confirmed, is that they may go the other way and may actually possibly expand. A lot of people don't understand the Supreme Court historically on Second Amendment cases. This is this is an inherent right built into the Constitution. They're, they're pretty they're pretty restrictive on this. They usually stick with the Constitution. We're here and they may expand that definition. That's a good thing. Overall, I'm going to give the appellate court a B plus. I'm going to give SCOTUS a C minus. I wouldn't call it a fail, but I certainly wouldn't say that they have done the threshold that I think they could do. Now, when you combine the, the two, the judicial branch together, I'm probably going to give it a, I, I would give it a C plus, C plus B minus range. I think the appellate court has done a lot of good. So there's some bright, there's a bright spot. The judicial branch has been the bright spot because we've already given two F's on the others. Absolute failures in terms of those branches of government. And personally, I'm going to give grades to Mr. Kavanaugh and Ms. Barrett. I think you guys have just done. I'm not going to give you I'm not going to give you an F, but I'm going to give you a D. They're certainly not what conservatives went to the basically for Kavanaugh. Both of these, they went to they went to the mats for these two. And to say they're disappointing, it's it's just an understatement. There's things that they refuse to talk about. I don't know if they're getting threatened. I don't know if this is just a judicial review of how they do things. But to say we're disappointed is an understatement. There are no proper descriptors other than I hope they find their feet and I hope they find their spine. Because before this is all said and done, there's going to be things that are going to come before them that on how that court rules will determine whether or not we stay together as a nation. That's how important that Supreme Court's going to be. And I think in the in the months, not years, the months coming at us. All right, folks, we're up against our last break here. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. We're going to pay a few bills, get up and stretch a little bit, and we'll be right back to wrap up the show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the final segment of the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Um, I'll go over social media one more time. At InfoEdge65 on Twitter, at DGNCY65 on Gab. Always go to the site, informationedge.net. I have the blog. I do the blog about once a month. Just did the quarterly newsletter. You can go there and find that. Uh, I've got all the resources that you need, advertisers, everything that you want. All right, let's finish up this segment here. Um, We've been talking about the Tree of Liberty. The Tree of Liberty is based upon throwing aside government and having revolutions. The question is, are we at the point of a revolution? So let's, t- let's take an objective step back and look at the grading of the current government. I've given the executive branch a resounding F. I've given the congressional branch a resounding F. I've given the judicial branch a C. So two out of three fail. So logic says, okay, let's pick up pitchforks and torches and go after them. Well, cool your jets just a sec. I'm not saying it's time for that. We're awful close. A lot of that's going to depend on what happens a year from now. We just had elections on November 3rd across the country that showed what I think started last year in a red wave. You're not going to convince me ever that the empirical data will show that Joe Biden won. Uh, you, you, you've never had states shut down in the middle of the night. I don't know what the final is, but I just don't. You'll never convince me that he won. We had too many gains in too many areas. We saw that again last Tuesday, including the capture of Virginia. A lot of progress in New Jersey, even though they didn't get the governorship. It was very, very close. A lot of other things that are changing. I think that's going to continue. As I mentioned earlier in the program, you've got nine Democrats that have already said, no, Moss, we're not going to do this anymore. Okay. And there's a lot of Democrats, I think, that saw the second, the third of November and went, hmm, you know, I kind of like being called congressman or congresswoman. I, I think I'd like to get reelected. And I think they're going to soften their stance. That does not mean by any stretch of the, the imagination that the House Democrat leadership is done 
and putting out ridiculous bills. Are they going to try to do a Supreme Court an, uh, adjustment? One hard decision, and yes, they will. Right now, there's not had anything come out where they're going to go, hmm, they're kind of thinking, eh, we don't need to change it. They get one decision that they don't like, and right now, abortion's on the table. I promise you, you will see a bill come out to pack the Supreme Court. I also do not think that they are done trying to pass the federalization of elections. Okay. HR1, HR4 failed. Doesn't mean that they're not going to try it again. There's also HR 127 that's sitting out there. That is basically to take away your gun rights. And they say it's not, but it is. Read the bill. Okay. So I don't think the Democrat leadership is done, but I don't think the votes are there. I think if you continue to email, if you continue to call, if you continue to do the things that obviously we've been doing as a collective group, I think there are more people that will come over now and start listening and saying, I don't know that I want to vote that way. Okay. I think we've got a few people, a few more people on the Senate side. Uh, the gentleman in, in Wyoming, uh, lady up in uh, New Hampshire, gentleman in Colorado, those senators, they're coming up for re-election. On the Democrat side, they, Manchin and Cinnamon might have a little more there to help block. If, if their phones are getting lit up, if they're getting tons of emails, I'm telling you, it makes a difference. So am I ready to go blood and bullets? The answer is no. I don't think the Tree of Liberty needs to be refreshed with blood of traitors. Not yet. I think we're very, very close. I think we're very close. I think if they came out and passed something that federalized elections and it was challenged by the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, no, we're going to let it go through, even though it should go back to the states to be adjusted, I would take other steps before I'd go blood and bullets. Now, what would those be? Because we were going, apparently not a whole lot left. Well, there's one. Stop feeding the beast. Today, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, comes out and says, we got a problem. We're going we're gonna to run out of money by December 15th. That infrastructure bill just pulled us over. Well, duh. Cut the friggin' spending. I am not for increasing the debt ceiling. Cut the spending. And guess what? If people stop paying their 940 and 941s, if you start stop paying your quarterly taxes, in other words, if everybody said, mm -mm, we're just going to starve the beast, it would send them into chaos. Now, I say that it takes a lot of perseverance. You better have some plans to move money out, pull cash out, get offshore, whatever, because that does not mean there would not be re repercussions for that. But I would try it before I go through. The goal is to get us back to the ballot box with an opportunity to vote out the communist on in, in both parties and in both houses. Now, if we get that opportunity and they pulled the same stunt that they did last November, then I think all bets are off the table. I think, I think there is a problem and I think you're going to see blood. My concern is I think we're already in a civil war. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're in a soft civil war. There's certain segments of the states that are fighting. What you're seeing up in Kenosha, that's a soft civil war. That's not happening everywhere. It's not happening in red states because we're not going to put up with it. Okay. 
The blue states are still Wisconsin's more red than it is blue. They just got a governor that sucks. And their mayor there was was basically funded by George Soros. You need to understand Soros in the last six years has funded a lot of attorney generals, a lot of mayors, a lot of city council people, because he, re- he realized that politics is a basically you start from the bottom and work your way up. He started building the foundation. That's why that that moron, that's the district attorney. That's why he's a, a moron. He's a George Soros plant. He paid him the money to get elected. OK. Got outsmarted. But guess what? We're awake. We're going back and changing these things. But I don't believe Wisconsin as a state is going to put up with that. But they're going to have to fight that. I wish I was there with them, but I'm not. But other states that are red, we're not going to give it up under any circumstances. And if they if we have people that pull that same stuff, it's going to get ugly. I don't want it to get ugly. You don't either. That's why we have to stay on them. And I think the message is getting out there. You saw what happened November the 3rd. We made massive gains. You've got people on the House retiring. You got people on the House and the Republican side retiring. Let's talk about a few scoundrels real quick before we wrap up the show, uh, because we got to watch out for these folks. You got to be there's there's the, the 10 that the Republicans that voted to impeach Catco of New York, Kinziger, Cheney, Upton. Butler, Newhouse, Gonzalez, Mayer, Rice, and Valadejo. Three of them were also the same ones on infrastructure, Catco, mm, Kinzinger, and Gonzalez. Kinzinger and Gonzalez already announced their retirement. Uh, one of the other 13 on infrastructure, Reed, had some type of uh, scandal, so he's going to go down. But you got to look at Bacon, Fitzpatrick, McKinley, you know, Upton, Young, Van Drew, I'm going to tell you something. These these Democrats that switch over and say, I'm suddenly Republican. We've, we're having some to have it here in Texas because the districts are changing. One thing I found about them is a general rule. Their voting process doesn't change. OK. Once a zebra, always a zebra. You might try to paint the stripes a different way, but it's still going to go the same way it was. Don't trust people that party switch. Go and look at their voting history because as a general rule, they don't change their voting habits. So if they were voting for liberal crap before, they're going to vote for liberal crap again, primary them and get them out. It's a big, deep swamp. But we've got to do that. All right, folks, we're out of time for this show for today. I certainly enjoyyed bringing you this message, and I hope it has been entertaining, educational, opened your eyes, and we'll be back next week with another one. Please don't text and drive while you're out there and have a great and wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.